When the fullness of time had come. It was some 300 years before Alexander the Great conquered much of the Mediterranean world. People from various ethnicities and backgrounds began to be united under a common culture. Greek became their lingua franca. That is, the common trade and diplomatic language throughout the Mediterranean world. And for the first time in history, for the first time in history, people from all across the world could communicate with relative ease. It was the fullness of time. It was the fullness of time. Some 500 years before Jesus' birth, the Romans began to perfect the art of the paved road. Roads, roads, and more roads, some of which remain today. Roads that stretched up to the Scottish border. And it was on these roads that goods and services and news traveled throughout the empire. And because these roads were so vital to the health of the empire, they were protected, the Pax Romana. It was the peace of Rome. It allowed people to travel safely throughout the empire. And when people traveled, their beliefs and distinct way of life went with them. It was the fullness of time. And yet, I don't think any of that is what Paul was talking about. Paul doesn't say when the fullness of time had come, Jesus came. Paul writes, when the fullness of time had come, God sent. See, while history might have been prepared for Jesus, Jesus, our history did not produce Jesus. No, the only thing history produced up until that point was a world enslaved by sin and bound to death. Jesus was not the climax of historical progress. Jesus is God's judgment on historical progress. Jesus is not history's invention. Jesus is God's invasion. The answer to humanity's greatest problems, the answer to your greatest problem and my greatest problem, cannot come from inside our space-time continuum. It has to come from outside. And so when the time had reached its end, when God was fed up with time, He sent forth His Son. He sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Are there any more words incredible than those? God sent His Son, born of a woman. Before he was born, he was sent, which means he existed before he was born. See, who is Jesus? Jesus is the man that God became when God decided to become a man. That's what Christians believe. Remaining what God was, he became what he had never been. And without one moment ceasing to be God, he became a man. J.I. Packer calls it the most profound mystery in all of Christianity. But some of us, we have heard it so many times and in so many ways that we have ceased to be amazed by it. We have lost our wonder if we ever had it. But if you will allow yourself to slow down, 
amidst the holiday buzz, if you will allow yourself to slow down. The more you reflect on it, the more staggering it becomes. The one who made all things was himself made. The one who holds the molecules together needed to be held. The one who sustains biological life was sustained by his mother's milk. The one whose palm measures the galaxies was cradled in Joseph's arms. The one who spoke the stars into into being cooed under them. Our God contracted to a span and comprehensively made man. Why? Why would he do that? So that he might relate to you and to me. See, this isn't the aloof God who is mildly interested in the mess that we face and the goings-on of humanity. This is a God who steps into the muck and the mire, the mucus and the amniotic fluid. This God knows what it is like to be tempted, to be sick, to suffer. He, like us, was subject to hardship, isolation, ill-treatment, malice, misunderstanding, and finally, to death. So let me ask you, do you feel lonely? So did he. Do you know what it's like to be hungry? So did he. Do you know what it's like to be thirsty? So did he. Do you know what it's like to experience a broken body? So did he. Do you know what it's like to be depressed? So did he. Do you know what it's like to feel marginalized and misunderstood by those closest to you? So did he. Do you know what it's like to look like a failure? So did he. Do you know what it's like to be falsely accused and even condemned? So did he. So let me ask again. Where does it hurt? Where do you hurt? He can relate. He understands. He went through every experience of the human condition. He even knows the experience of living under God's exacting standards. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Whether you consider yourself religious or not, we all live under the burden of some law, some standard. Be fit. Be great. Be a great parent. Be a likable boss. Be successful. Be sober. Be better. Jesus knows what it's like to have to measure up. Jesus knows what it's like to have to keep it up. He was born under the law. And he did keep it up. Even though he kept it up, He also knows the guilt and the condemnation and the shame we all feel when we don't keep it up. He experienced that as well. He fell under the law's crushing weight. He knew the law's condemning power. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, Paul would write one chapter earlier. 
He knew what it was like to have the entire cosmos wag its finger at him. He knew what it's like to have everything and everyone unable to look him in the eyes. And the sun hit its face. But why? Why when he had done nothing wrong? Why when he knew no sin? Not just to relate to you, but to redeem you. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who were under the law. To redeem means to buy out of slavery. And believe me, we are all enslaved to something. Some of us are enslaved to addictions. Some of us are enslaved to our past. Some of us are enslaved to family systems of neglect and abuse. Some of us are enslaved to pleasure. Some of us are enslaved to affirmation. Some of us are enslaved to success. Some of us are enslaved to fear. Some of us are enslaved to failure. What are you enslaved to? Whatever it is, Jesus invaded this world to set you free. Jesus came under the law's curse that he might liberate us from all that enslaves us. Jesus died a slave's death so that those enslaved to the powers of history might be set free. And more than free. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption. As sons. I work at the jail some. One of the most difficult problems, challenges that they have at the jail is what happens when they discharge someone. When a prisoner is released, they're often processed late into the afternoon and not released until the middle of the night. Instead, they're released into a world in the dark of midnight without money or resources, only the clothes they came in with. And they step outside and they have no one and nowhere to go. When Jesus delivers you, it is not like that. It is not like that. Jesus does not set us free from the law's tyranny in order to release us into a world all alone. To be redeemed does not mean that we are on our own. To be set free does not mean we are on our own. No, He releases you into the family of God. You have God as your father and Christ as your brother. But you might ask this morning or this evening if if that's true then how come I don't feel it? And what can I do to experience it? What else can I add to my Christmas list of to-dos that I might experience this liberation? Oh, you foolish Galatians, Paul writes. Who has bewitched you? Did you receive the Spirit when you were in a state of doing the works of the law? Or simply by believing the message that was preached? Were you justified by works of the law? 
Is that what made you right? Or was it simply by believing the message that was preached? What can you do to experience this liberation? Nothing at all. Just receive it and believe it. That's what Christmas is all about. The Son of God was born of a woman so that those born of women might become sons and daughters of God. So then what to my wondering eyes did appear? The reason for Christmas did I finally hear. Not presents or candy or kids well behaved, but God intervening in a God kind of way. No list would he check, not once or not twice. Not about being naughty or trying to be nice. It depended on Christmas to make all men right. There was nothing I could do, not even on Christmas Eve night. Then up in my heart there arose such a clatter that it seemed to me then that nothing else mattered. Those lights and the tinsel and the gifts by the tree paled in relation to knowing that I'd been set free. Not said just like this in Scripture I know, but the truth is reflected in the words just below. With a wink of his eye and a twist of his head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. With God as my Father and Christ by my side, Condemnation condemned and the Spirit supplied. The adoption complete, I'm loved as a son. The race is finished for me, even before I've begun. I've no sleigh to take home, so I got in the van, knowing Christmas for me meant that God became man. He did it for me. I'm now righteous in his sight. Merry Christmas to all who by faith are made right. Amen.